Welcome Wildcat fans to Weber State Weekly's football show, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, a man who deals with his bad days by sauntering on down to a Roy institution, the Burger Bar, and ordering a cheese Ben, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have a man whose cure for a bad day is what exactly, Chappie? What's your cure for a bad day? Yeah, it's it's the same. <laughs> like it's the burger <laughs> bar. It's My the, man. Yeah. It's not it's not the ice cream. It's the you know, it's a double 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 cheese bend with bacon. I mean, that's Ooh. that's the way you it's the way you cure a bad day. But shout out to the Haas and uh, Fowler families. I went to school with both of them, the owners of Burger Bar, and it's a great place to uh, drown your sorrows. Yeah, absolutely. A Roy institution, like I said, proud. Mem- uh, proud, proudly from Roy here. So, uh, Chappie, good to, good to have you on the show. Next, we have a man whose cure for a bad day is a little closer to home in Ogden, as far as ice cream. We got Sean Lewis with us tonight. I'm I have a mantra in my life, and uh, that is one: every good day ends with ice cream, and two: every bad day ends with ice cream, and three: there are no such thing as a meh day. <laughs> I'll tell you this, guys. I miss Far's ice cream thus far out here in Tennessee because, man, they, it's there's just nothing quite like it. And uh, man, it makes me makes me miss it. So on the show today, guys, we're going to be talking about the game. Of course, we're going to be recapping the the loss to Portland State on Saturday. It was a huge bummer, kind of a huge letdown. Though I think the Wildcats expected a win and didn't get it. Um, so we're going to talk about that, talk a little bit through it with uh, with Sean and Chappie. And then after that, I've got a game prepared for our panel. We're going to be playing over under. So I've got some uh, some numbers prepared for them and we're going to get there over and under. See what they think. But before before we get into all of that, we want to encourage everyone to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll probably find Weber State Weekly. So please subscribe to the show. You'll get our uh, our live streams like this. Uh, we convert them over into podcast feed afterward and also you'll find our game day shows in there as well so check out weber state weekly wherever you get your podcast a lot of good content to be had there we're also on social media you can follow us on instagram twitter or facebook um twitter one of the best places to interact with weber state weekly team especially on game day and then we've got a patreon go to patreon.com slash weber state weekly and uh, become a patron you can join our exclusive game day channel on slack where we talk about what, what's going on on the field or on the court or whatever basketball season starting up though. i know that makes you happy sean just about everything makes me happy colby except <laughs> losing on game day <laughs> certainly the case but uh go to weber state weekly or patreon.com slash weber state weekly become a patron you can get in that uh that exclusive club of uh, weber state weekly patrons uh talk about the game on game day on our game day slack channel so guys that's uh that's that's business uh mischief managed there let's talk a little bit about this game um we knew that coming in that the that the Wildcats were going to ha- not be able to sleepwalk through this one that um, Portland State had had a number of close losses this season uh, against good teams and that uh, they weren't going to go away quietly. And they certainly didn't uh, ended up besting the Wildcats 30 to 18. And um, yeah, Wildcats lose and away go their playoff hopes. So um, I think the one of the biggest factors in this and we talked about it with Coach Tom Stackrick on, on the game day show was Davis Alexander. Davis Alexander was second in the conference in passing yards going into this game behind none other than Eric Berrier, who will likely be a Walter Payton Award finalist. And uh, he ended up coming away with 299 yards passing and 15 yards rushing in this game. So I think that, guys, the timeliness of his throws were the killers. It's not necessarily that he just absolutely shelled the Wildcats. 
but he got those yards at key times. I mean, talk to me about what, what do you guys think kept the Wildcats from bringing him down, especially on third down, man. It was just such a pesky, uh, pesky scenario all the time. A couple of people pointed this out during the game, but it was mobility. You know, he was absolutely mobile and, and uh, both teams, I feel, you know, both defensive lines got roughly the same amount of pressure on their quarterbacks. Our quarterback who's, who's been injured a little bit uh, did not get away from the pressure. Portland state's quarterback, Alexander, he did get away from the pressure and that yeah, he did. made a huge difference. I mean, he was, we, I don't, I don't believe we had any sacks. I do not believe we had a sack, maybe one, everything else. They could have had, had, we had three for 13 yards, three there sacks. Could have had nine and yeah, could have been a lot more. He, he just, he just, they, they couldn't, couldn't bring him down. And, and, he, and, and not only that, it wasn't, he was just getting away from the pressure. He was completing passes too. He was completing balls that were, once he got outside of the pocket and he was running away from pressure that kept drives going. How many third down plays were there? where he you know, got out of the pocket and made a, a, a little pass that got him a first down. That happened at least three or four times. Yeah. I'm uh, telling you, anytime you go 8 of 15 on third down, that's better than 50%. You're, you're going to be doing pretty well uh, as a team. And, and you're right, Chappie. He was so slippery. Uh, times that you thought we were, we were going to get him and, and he was able to make that little throw past the sticks and something that I complain about a lot. Anybody that sits by me, as Chappie regularly does, knows – that, that I whine and complain and yell every game about those third down passes where you need nine yards and you're throwing at eight, you know, and, and you need to throw at 10. And whether that's on the quarterback, the receiver, the coach, I don't know, but they were throwing past the sticks. We always throw behind the sticks and you're not going to convert if you're throwing behind the sticks. That's fair. Um, on the other side of the ball. Well, Keeping it, keeping it with the defense here, because we'll talk about the offense, which I think is the elephant in the room here, and we'll get into that. But um, before we do, I want to talk a little bit about the run uh, defense because Wildcats, I mean, the week before, gave up just 24 yards against Idaho State. They really couldn't do much on the ground. However, Portland State had a little bit more success. Um, they ended up giving up 155 yards to Portland State on the ground. And uh, part of that was you know, Malik Walker, who at the time I think was the reigning conference offensive player of the week going into that. But uh, what what was the secret to success for this? I mean, do you do you guys feel that it was the defense getting tired? Like, why was Portland State able to do better against the run uh, than other teams have this season? Uh, it just it just seemed uncharacteristic for the Wildcat defense to give up that many rushing yards. I don't know. You look at Malik Walker. He had a long of 39. That was his longest of the season. Um, so, you know, if that's a four or five yard run, which is their normal average throughout the season, um, you know, his rushing total is that that's a little bit of an outlier. And I think that was in garbage time too. Wasn't wasn't that the garbage time touchdown? Yeah. I was um, going to say that that's one, that's one key factor here, right? Is that like one of those, I mean, like 39 of those yards, I think it was like a 37 yard touchdown or maybe it was that one was, was, was that touchdown yeah. at the very end of the game. So it's like scrub that. You know, you have about 110 yards rushing about, give which, is right, which is right where you want to be as a defense, right? You know, you want to, you want to give up about 100 yards or less. And then, and I'm, I'm okay if it's a little over, but uh, I, I don't think the rushing killed the Wildcats. Um, for me, it was, was Alexander's slipperiness, the conversions on third down. Um, those not being able to get the quarterback in the, in the key times and, and, 
you know, maybe maybe I'll say this because it bothered me, but the refs seem to not throw many flags during the entire oh, game. My gosh. And and many of those that <laughs> as Homer fans, we would like to say maybe there was some holding, but you could call holding on it. Not play. maybe. I don't know. There was definitely there some was holding. definitely some holds <laughs> that, that, that may or may not have been called that, that maybe pull some of those 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 gains back. I, I don't know. I, I always say that bad refs affect both teams equally that you have to, you have the best teams are able to get over the bad refing um, and, and you have to find a way around it. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think there was some um, extended plays that were able to be extended plays uh, because of certain um, uncalled uh, uh, uh things on the offensive line. Is that fair? Did I, did I say that politically correct? No, I said it by the conference next week. I mean, <laughs> the BP, BPSN commissioner is going to, the BPSN commissioner is going to suspend you. I, so I, here's, here's where I'm at. I think that they, one of the reasons quarterbacks don't scramble is, is that like, there's almost always a hole. Like when your QBs out of the pocket, it takes uh, an, an absolute, ridiculous amount of discipline for the offensive line to not hold somebody right and for them to to do that that many times yeah something was going on but i'm with you you can't blame the officials it never works to blame the officials even though it does feel like a couple times this year we've we've kind of resorted to that uh to me malik walker was he was fine he was average he was not better than I thought he was going to be. He was not one of the, he was not better than a Fonsi from Montana state. Um, to me, you know, the, the outlier there is, is again, Davis Alexander with 29 yards on nine attempts. I mean, that's, he killed, he killed Weber state. He, he won that game for Portland state all over the field. Yeah. Let's uh, let's flip the script a little bit and uh, let's talk about the offense. Cause like I said, it's kind of the elephant in the room here. Um, a lot of people calling for Matt Hammer's job right now. Um, if you, if you're on social media and, and you see kind of what folks are saying, a lot of people really upset with the anemic offense. Um, it hasn't seemed to improve greatly since the spring, still struggling to implement the scheme. And um, there are times where it's really difficult to uh, get, get folks on the same page as it were. Um, but I, I wanted to start out though with um, we talked about this I think last week. Get Rashid the ball more, right? Like we were we were talking about it in Slack. Like print it, make the T-shirt, and uh, Rashid Shahid ended up having 90 yards in this one, uh, 90 receiving yards, I should say, and that was without that catch in the first quarter that should have been a catch and that was taken away that would have put the Wildcats at least in field goal position, if not more. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it seems like the, the concerted effort to get Rashid Shahid the ball more is working by and large, uh, just not, not capitalizing on it. And what, what are you guys' thoughts on, uh, on Rashid Shahid and that the strategy to get him the ball more? I, I think Rashid had a great game. I mean, he had plenty of catches. He had the one taken away. Um, we were talking to some fans. Uh, uh, was it a coach's wife, Dustin, that uh, was sitting by us? Their little kid was running in front of us. And they talked about us that they came from Kansas or somewhere just to see Shahid. Um, and and that was that was what they wanted to see. And, and uh, I was a little bit nervous when he had that injury timeout called for him. Uh, glad he was okay after that. Uh, I I don't think the offensive problems were from getting Shahid the ball. I mean he 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 played great to me. Yeah. Um. To me, 
I'm going to, I'm going to burn things down and, and a friend of mine is going to, going to be proud of this, but <laughs> it's the coaches and it's play calling. Um, and the prime example of that is Weber gets the ball with, on their own 10 yard line. After the, the, the holding penalty, we went three it out from the 10 yard line in the fourth quarter when the game was still in doubt, we were, we were within a one score and, and they play, called three passing plays that went nowhere and yep. wouldn't wouldn't most of them wouldn't even have advanced the ball, even if the ball had been caught. And you're like, okay, you're against your own end zone. And I know we're down, but it didn't seem like we went down the field other than the one play to Rashid in the first quarter. I mean, that was the only real deep ball that they threw that I can recall. And I'm no expert. So I could, I could say that, that maybe I wasn't paying attention to all of them, but, but they didn't, they did. They were the throws they were throwing were to the the flat and then going out to the sidelines and they weren't running the ball, right? Our leading rusher on Saturday was uh, Creighton Cooper who had 76 net yards on nine rushes. When you're sitting in the stands and you're thinking to yourself, okay, Creighton Cooper comes in. He has not thrown the ball all season. You know, he's going to run it. And yeah, he had a 50 yard touchdown run. That was great. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is he had one less rush on Saturday than all of our other running backs combined. Why is a quarterback that's in to run the wildcat and he threw one pass. But if, if, if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm seeing Creighton Cooper come in, I'm pounding the box because I know that it's going to nine times out of 10, it's going to be a run. And, and, that's where the offense is going. We did not rush the ball at all. The the only the rush the other uh, ball carriers all each got two carries. Is is our entire stable of running backs that did so great against Idaho State last week injured, or is it play calling? I don't understand the play calling that Weber State had, and and I think this has been a, a season long problem. Um, we saw them in in the Montana State game where they went for fourth one, uh, fourth and one, to, or they had fourth and one twice and went for it. When if they take the points, we probably win that game. I mean, that's where are we at right now with the play calling, and and I'd love to hear a response. And I don't, I'm never one to assign blame, but but that's been the difference this season is the play calling. Yeah, I think it's a definitely a fair criticism, Sean Lewis. Um, the fact that it, when if you listen to the game day show, talking to Coach Tom Stackruck and you know, sort of looking at the way that Portland State was set up, saying, "Okay, here's a team that is number six in the conference in offense, number six in uh, in in pass defense, number six in the conference in rush defense." If you're choosing one of those, because it looks like sixes at this point, if you're choosing one that you're going to exploit to give you success, which would you choose? The answer was, well, we tried to establish the run game early. And uh, obviously there was an attempt to do that with the Wildcat packages that Creighton Cooper uh, is a part of. And in the first quarter, there was some success, like you noted, Sean Lewis, the the touchdown run that ended up netting the, the Wildcats the first points of the game. But then after that, the continued... I don't know. It seemed like things got a little stale. Uh, trying to trying to get some of these passes out that just weren't there. Seems like maybe Bronson Barron still not quite a hundred percent. Still maybe working through some injuries. Uh, had a hard time scrambling um, and just not running the ball. I mean, uh, not sure why. Uh, if they had been able to establish the run game, probably would have opened some things up for them. But net net yardage in this game, like you noted, total. I need to. 
Uh, I need to give yeah. Chappie a time to talk, but but I want to throw out one other point here, and 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 this is not coaching, but um, our offensive line has been um, beat up all season. Yeah, um, our quarterbacks have been running for their life. They haven't had the protection, and when you're getting penetration in there, it's hard to run the ball. It's hard to throw the ball. Um, it is clear, clear, clear that when you have an offensive line that has a lot of starts, that is the foundation for success in college football. You can see there's lots of uh, statistics and studies to to back that up. But at the end of the day, our offensive line, we've been pl- plugging and playing and, and people playing out of position most of the season. I think that's been part of the problem. And, and that's not a criticism of the offensive line. Don't take don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm thinking that the offensive line health problems have led to other problems that lead to an anemic offense. I think that's fair. I mean, Dustin Chapman, what do you, what do you think about that? Do you, do you think that playing in the spring and the injury injuries that occurred in the spring now bleeding over into the fall have sort of snake bitten the wildcats in the, in the fall season in the way that we've seen other conference um, teams, not necessarily those that have played in the spring either. You know, the Montana Grizzlies come to mind where they've had a lot of injuries and that's made it very difficult for them to, they're still in a position to make the playoffs because of that win against Washington. But man, Losing to Iwu and losing to uh, Sac State, probably largely a function of of injuries because they just weren't at 100. percent How much do you we, think we beat Iwu? <laughs> yeah, but Mont- did Montana? Did Montana? Did. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to watch the contrast between FBS and FCS. It seems like the teams that played FBS last fall are better this year for it. Seems like they're ahead of the teams that didn't play. Uh, it seems like it's almost the opposite in FCS, almost potentially because the turnaround was just too short. You know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it was just too, too much to go from being done in April or May to to getting into fall camp in August. I, I don't know. But yes, we, we definitely have some injury problems. To me, everything John said, I, I agree with. Um, it, I, it just seems like we don't necessarily have an identity on offense. Like, what is our offense? Are we running a pro set? Are we running a run heavy offense? Are we, are we running balance? What, what, what are we, what are we running on offense? What is the scheme? Okay. And, and, and in doing that, it seems like, it seems like sometimes we almost try to outthink ourselves on offense. Like why, like Sean said, why, why are we, we end up in, third and long a lot because it's like we we passed on first down didn't get anything ran a play that went no i run play that went nowhere and then it's third and 13 before we know it right it just and and the other thing that comes to my mind when i think of our offense and i said this a couple times on saturday it feels like our offense is good for about 25 yards of drive right we get the ball no matter where we're at it seems like we're going to advance it about 25 yards and then something happens i don't know if that's we run out of plays to call <laughs> or we quit executing. I don't know what it is, but it's like we get about 25 yards in and then inevitably we go. I don't, I don't know why that is because we don't get many 25 yard drives. So clearly that's, that's not going to work to, in order to score points. But, uh, Chappie, but going I, back, can they raise you five yards and go to thirty? And, and and on Saturday we had three drives that were over thirty yards. All, three out of the four we scored on. There you go. Think about so, that for a second, right? You know, the other one we lost on downs in the second quarter. Um, 
when we uh, took the kickoff and went went seven plays for thirty five yards. But but anytime we went over thirty five yards, we scored. There you go. So that's the over under marks at thirty yards, right? So whatever for whatever reason, that's it. And and the Craig Cooper thing to me is just inexplainable. And and Craig Cooper is very talented. Like that that kid's good, and he's going to be good here. Like I'm excited to watch watch that kid play. He's going to be good. He's not a running back. He's not. <laughs> he's not a running back. Why? Why are we running Wildcat so much? The only reason to run Wildcat so much is that you don't have a running back. We have many running backs. So um, that it seemed like we literally did not run the ball unless he was on the field. And and it's totally different than what it was a few games ago. Right. And and granted, Josh Davis is hurt. Okay. Josh Davis is hurt. He's been hurt much of the last two seasons. Okay. And and props to that kid. That he's he's tough as nails. You know, he's tough as nails. May not have the body to to keep going football. I don't know. But he's tough as nails, but we still have more running backs. Chris Jackson, the two weeks prior to that, to the to last Saturday, he had great games. So why was two he carries. there? Yeah. Why, why did he get two carries? And when he was, there, it was like, they were throwing him the ball on, on outs. Now, again, we're not coaches. They clearly did scheme to run the ball. There must've been something they saw, you know, in Portland state that made them think they were going to pass the ball over the field. It didn't work. But the one thing that I have always enjoyed about Jay Hill and about Weber state's coaching staff is that, I always have felt like they were going to go into halftime and out scheme the opponent, the, 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 the opposing coaches. I always have felt like coming out in the second half, they will have tricks up their sleeve. They will make adjustments that will win them the game. We've seen it going, let's go back to very, very good example was Kennesaw state in the playoffs. What? 2008, 1918. Now mm-hmm. like Kennesaw state was, optioning the hell out of Weber state. And they finally came, they came out in the second half, put, I think it was Preston Smith as a spy neutralized it. Absolutely. Completely. The game was over. Right. That seems to me, that's, to me, that's like the hallmark. That's like my expectation is that Weber state is going to come out in the second half and out scheme people. I don't feel that way this season. Can I, can I ask a question and, and maybe this is burning things down again, but this is Matt Hammer's second stint as offensive coordinator for the Wildcats under two different head coaches. It is the, 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 the hammer ultimately falls pun intended. The hammer ultimately falls on Jay Hill, but is, is just Matt hammer over his head. The last time he was OC didn't end well. This season hasn't ended well. Is is that the answer, or is is there a combination of things? Which I I personally believe it's a combination of things. But but what is you know is making that one change going to fix the problems that Weber State has? I don't think it fixes the health problems, but definitely something. Again, if I'm in the stands and I see Creighton Cooper come out, I know it's going to be a run. Surely, a, a, a professional football coach is thinking the exact same thing. Well, what I wonder with this is um, when when Coach Matt Hammer was named uh, offensive coordinator, I mean, um, going back, looking at some of those numbers, there was a time where he was a good offensive coordinator, you know, where he had success. No, they, the, two, the 2008 had, the Wildcat team. Yeah, they had some of the best offenses in the conference. Right. I, and so I, I, I look at that difference. and I. 
Well, exactly. And that's my question is like, well, what's the difference then between, you know, the success that he had early and why, why not able to find that success now? Because I think that it's there. Uh, I just, I, and I think that we hope for it, but thus far the hasn't been, hasn't feel, hasn't been able to come out. And I, and I got to say, I agree, I agree here. I miss Fezzi Sataki because when we had Fezzi Sataki, things, things were good in Ogden, man. <laughs> hey, Kobe, let me, let me throw. Go ahead, Chappie. Fessy's doing Fessy's doing really good things at BYU. I, you sure it's is. Not like, it's, it's not like we don't. We all want Matt Hammer to be extremely successful here. At Certainly State. do. Like he, yeah. he's a lo- he's a local guy. He represents everything yep. good about Ogden area football. He did a bang up job at 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 Weaver High. He was he like he's put in his time. It's it's not like none of us want him to not succeed. We do. It, it, it's. It's it's a numbers game, I guess, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not gonna throw throw him under the bus. I, whatever. We I'm, all want I'm gonna it to work. I'm I'm gonna throw two things out here. One, I'm gonna represent Tom Lakey and say, stop talking about BYU. This is a Weber State show, Chappie. Um, That's two. Not, not, my, not my fault. They took our coaches. <laughs> <laughs> two. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here. College football is cyclical, right? Weber State has won four straight conference champions. Nowhere are we a divine birthright to win a conference championship in football every year. We've had a great run. It had to come to an end at some point. I think the frustration the Wildcat fans have is that, and or at least my frustration, and I think I speak for a lot, but I, I'm, I'm not going to throw that. This is me. I think the frustration is we look at the talent and where we've been for the last four years, we've been building to something. And for whatever reason, the Wildcats have just flamed out. Now, whether that's health, whether that's poor coaching, whether that's the the spring season just took a lot out of us and it's too much football. May, you know, there could be a hundred different reasons for it. But I think the the most disappointing thing for us this year is that we aren't in contention for the conference title. It's not enough. You know that somebody's going to win one at another point, right? We, we You're not going to have a string of 10 straight conference titles. We do still have the talent. So, but if they're hurt or whatever, something just the, the stars did not align right now for us to win. And that's fine. But we're at the bottom half of the standings. And as a Jay Hill team, I don't think I'd ever think I would see that day we're in the bottom of the table rather than the top of the table. And I think that's the right. frustrating thing for me. Right. And it's, I think we all feel that we're more talented, right? Like, like I don't, I look at Bronson Barron and think my kids, the kids a better quarterback than Jay Constantine, right? Like on paper, looking at the way he plays, like he's a better quarterback than Jay Constantine. Ryan Marceau, we'll we'll be waiting for your rebuttal yeah. on that one. Well, the, <laughs> shout out to Brian. Yeah, but, the, the numbers, to Brian. But, but the problem is the numbers don't necessarily say that that's the case. So why is that? You know, we we feel like we have more running backs than we've ever had. Like we feel like that room's deep. Our receiving core. I've been like drooling over our receiving group for the past two seasons. Like that is an uber talented group, guys. But the numbers don't necessarily reflect that. That's to me, that's the frustrating thing. We all feel well, like, and, and to me, it seems like there's more there and it's not. And, but and, receiver and is a dependent is. position, Chappie. And, yeah. and we have, we've played four quarterbacks this year, right? 
three of them That's have fair. been hurt at some point. Right. And if the quarterback is, is running for his life and can't throw the ball to the receivers, those outstanding receivers can't do much. I mean, it, it's a. <laughs> I mean, how do you, how do you not feel for Kylan Meiser too? By the way, that guy. Yeah, hurt on a non-contact non-contact injury, and it was looking good up until that. And by it the way, I, yeah, not out to Kylan. But, but by the way, but one criticism to Bronson a little bit. He he was running for his life, but he was also holding on for the ball too, holding on to the ball too long on Saturday. There were a few times where it was like, man, why? That almost not, felt not like we were looking at Randall Johnson back there. <laughs> All right. We should move on, Colby. I think we beat this horse. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say one more thing before we move on to over under guys. And so Portland state ends up getting the win. Uh, the Wildcats playoff. Hopes and they're not a bad over. team. Like they're not a bad they're team. Not a bad right? team. That, like, knew that. But I still, but I still feel like we should never lose to Portland state. That's just one That's of those no. big sky that I don't feel like we should never lose to. Should have beat them. No, 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 the, no. Portland state, Portland, like Portland state. Nobody. No, there's no reason to ever lose Port State, but they're, they're not a bad team. Like, they may be the sixth playoff team at the Big Sky. Who knows? No, they but won't. No, they won't. They probably won't. They probably won't. But Portland State they, is the Ole Miss they of the Big Idaho Sky. State. They're, they're always in the middle of the table, and they're never going to contend for a championship except one, once every 25 years. Who's the, who's the Vanderbilt? That would be Idaho State, or is that NAU? <laughs> Man. <laughs> think, think about the color scheme you'll get your answer all right so Ooh, what, I'm gonna, what i'm gonna ask you guys is looking forward now to the southern utah game we have the last scheduled beehive bowl this weekend um wildcats are obviously frustrated they're angry no chance for the playoffs now with the with the record that they've amassed over this season and so what what does it look like? Because SUU has continued to lose game after game after game. They don't look like a good team. They're not a good team. Um, I think that tomorrow Warren is going to get fired at the end of the season and they're going to they're going to start the whack arrow with a new coach and they're going to try and figure it out. But looking toward this weekend in Cedar City, what kind of Wildcat team do we see? Do we team see a team that gets up and has some pride to win this rivalry game? Or do we have a team that has given up and could care less and is checked out because no chance of a conference championship, no chance of the playoffs, season's over, you got two games left, you just get through them and you put, and you clean out your locker. Which one do you think here, we see here, on Saturday? Here, here's what I got. And and I'm going to switch from what we were talking to offline earlier. Um, I, I don't think that a Jay Hill team will ever not play with pride, mm-hmm. right? They're, they... Jay Hill's a good enough coach. He'll have them motivated. Weird things happen in Cedar City. They are mm-hmm. 0-7. I would not be shocked to see them get a win. But it's not because Weaver's players gave up. It's just that weird things happen in Cedar City. And and I I don't have the the uh uh internal fortitude to go witness weird things in Cedar City. So I'll be you, watching the jazz on Saturday. You're acting like it's Flagstaff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no weirder place than Flagstaff, man. A weird things happen in Flagstaff. That's for dang sure. How many how many weird football games do the Wildcats lose to the stupid lumberjacks in the in the walk up Sky Dome? How many times have know. we seen? That? I don't know. I don't know. That's too many times. I think that you're right, Sean. I think that it is the first. I think that Coach Jay Hill will have this team motivated. That he will have them ready to play with some pride. I think that the Wildcats beat SUU on, on Saturday. I, I think that I think that it goes down. I think that they're ready, and I think that 
that they're going to play for something. I, I don't give think us that a they're spread. Yet. The give sp- us a spread. So I hang on though, because I've got something for you guys in this line of thinking for over under. So we're going to pause. Okay. Right there. Okay. Chappie, okay. any parting thoughts before we move on to over under? Are you good? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't think a Jay Hill coach team is going to roll over. I think there's, they're too well coached to, to do that. Like, I, I, I think that's going to be the case, but me too, but they're, they're certainly not playing for not a lot to play for. And that's okay. You know, it, it is what it is. They're going to fill things out, but I go back to, to, to the game against Eastern Washington a few weeks back. And what I said there, I just wonder if these guys play better with the pressure. I, I wonder if they just play better when play better loose when they're just going out there to have fun. Right? I, to me, that's going to be the the theme of the game Saturday to see how they come out. Are they do they come out just ready to you know loose and having fun like it was against Iwu and just putting it up and having a good time and they play really well because of it, uh, or do they show up like we did against Portland State and Montana State where there's pressure riding on the game and it's not a, a rollover opponent and you just, you can't, you can't make things happen. Can, can I, can I last word with this with, with two things? One, um, silver linings. One is that, uh, you get, uh, four straight conference championships and then a mediocre 500 season. Um, I doubt there's going to be many offers for Jay Hill as a head coach. And I'm qualifying that as a head coach at the FBS level. He may get offers as an assistant somewhere that pays him a ton of money, but I don't see him leaving Weber State to be a head coach elsewhere after this season. Two, the pressure of the four straight championships is off the team now. The next team, we were still going to be regarded as one of the top teams of the conference next fall, but they're not going to be the one. It's not going to be the Super Bowl because right now, everybody, we're the, we're the king of the mountain. Everybody wants to knock off Weber State. Maybe that's not the the case next year, and and the pressure is not on the Wildcats uh, in twenty twenty two. Well, and and yeah, that's one hundred percent fair. Fair point. All right, fellas, we'll leave it there. Uh, of course, like we noted, Wildcats playing in the Beehive Bowl on Saturday. They're going to be taking on SUU down in Cedar City. Uh, alumni is doing a tailgate down there. So if you're going down for the trip, make sure to sign up and be a part of that. Um, tailgating has been good this season, guys. It's been, it's been Dude, really good. T- t- tailgate on Saturday was highly enjoyable. There, there, I, there, I mentioned this on Twitter. There was a gentleman there who I made brisket and I was, I, I, I was told it was good. <laughs> not gonna, yeah. Brag it yeah. up. Chappy. People, people uh, lied to his face. What are, what are we, what are we talking about here? Brag up my own food. But my <laughs> takeaway from Saturday, there was a gentleman across the way a little bit, making some wings and those wings were amazing. <laughs> like I'm still thinking about those wings to this day and figuring out how I can get some more of those. So so, so I point to on the tailgating, everything like Saturday was perfect. Going into the game, it was like, it was a very good tailgate experience. There was a lot of people there. It was really enjoyable. Folks need to show up to that. It, it's fun. But then the game happened and it kind of put a damper on it. Yeah, well, there's one more chance. Uh, Wildcats will be taking on Northern Colorado for the, the final game of the season. So you got one more shot to go out there and tailgate with everybody. But all right, guys, let's talk about over under. I've got a game prepared for you. I'm going to give you a number situation you're going to give me your over or under so situation number one Rashid Shahid at 7.5 kick returns 
for a touchdown in his career. You taking the over or are you taking the under? Sean Lewis? Well, he's at seven now. Yeah. Um, so you're telling me he's going to get one more over or under on that. The two teams we have coming up are Southern Utah and Northern Colorado. I'm going to say he not only breaks the all-time NCAA record for kickoff returns, I'm going to say he does it on Saturday against SUU. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, we did notice that Portland State started kicking away from Shahid. They weren't giving him the opportunity. They more kicks to Hayes Hadley on Saturday. But so we'll see how teams kick to him. But wouldn't mind seeing Jay it happen. Hill's, Jay Hill's going to have a reverse or something up his sleeve to, uh, as he says every week, get the ball to Rashid. I hope he's right. Chappie, what about you? 7.5 kick returns for a touchdown in his career for Rashid Shahid. You taking the over or the under? It's hard if teams don't kick him the ball, but I'm. It's true. I, I just and, and shout out to Hayes Hadley, by the way. He was great yeah. returning kicks. He, he yep. did a really good job. Yeah, he but, was. I mean, I'm going to take the over just because I. Rashid's a great kid and, and deserves it, man. You want to nothing but good for that kid, so I want to see it happen. Certainly the but, truth, but it's hard, hard, hard to do. And nobody will kick you the ball. They, seems like, seems like the team finally figured it out. Well, sort of like Sean Lewis just said, I mean, there's always something up the sleeve coach Jay Hill. He's a special teams mastermind. So we could see something out there that but, could get Rashid the ball and give him a chance. By the way, I, I uh, Sean Lewis aptly pointed out as we were watching the game that uh, or when they scored the was it the field goal or in the third quarter the touchdown, they should have onside kicked at that point if they were going to onside kick. Like yep. they, oh yeah, yeah, they on the the onside kick should have come midway through the third quarter. Yeah, yeah like if they, they we squib kicked it, didn't they? They, they did. Yeah, they, they, they squib kicked it. on that one. Yep. Yeah. We were both sitting there like, if, if you're going to onside kick, now might be the right time. And and honestly, with the way the defense was playing at that point, I'm not sure why they didn't. Do that. But. On the topic of special team, shout out to our guy Mackenzie Morgan for uh, getting the two point conversion oh, on the extra that was, point. That was beautiful. Okay. That was, that beautiful. was beautiful. It was well executed, and and it was it just it was frustrating. Like it was be- beautiful, but it was frustrating because they set themselves up. Like Jay Hill ran us so they could win the game. Like, they they had us so they could get the ball, go score, get the lead, not have to worry about going for two anything like that. Like it was that was a brilliant call, but yeah. All right. Uh, Moving on. Next one I've got is Wildcats at 1.5 wins the rest of the season. You taking the over or the under? Chappie? I'm taking the over. Sean's going to take the under, but I'm going to take the over. Come on. We're not losing to SUU. It's like, stop it. Dang right. Dang right. We we don't lose SUU. Sean, what about you? Uh, Chappie's exactly right. I'm taking the under. And (laughs) this is where I'm going with it. There we go. Wildcats fans hate me. Send me all your angry emails. Mr. Wet Blanket. Let's hear it. Millard can text me. Um, Here's the deal. Weber State, and I had to look this up. Chappie had this on Saturday, and I had to look it up because I didn't believe him. Weber State has lost five straight at Stewart Stadium. Yeah. They're going to make it six. Oh. So you're not even going one. He's going zero. Yeah, he's going zero on the rest of the season. He thinks that the Wildcats lose to lowly Northern Colorado. I, I've checked out. It's it, hoop starts tomorrow. I'm I'm good. Hoop starts tomorrow. Um, here we go. Uh, and this is uh, you guys asked for the spread. So here's the sitch. Wildcats score twenty one point five points in Cedar City on Saturday. Taking the over. Or are you taking the under? Sean Lewis. 
I, I'm I'm looking up some statistical information right here. Um, Weber, or, or pardon me, uh, Southern Utah is giving up 37 points per game while only mm-hmm. scoring 20.9. Um, I think that uh, if we pull our heads out and actually use our running backs, we can run against this team. They are giving up um, 200, uh, pardon me, they're giving up 198.9 uh, uh, yards per game in, in rushing. So if I'm a coach, I'm going to say, let's run the ball. <laughs> yeah, Skyburner can fire me. That's fine. Um, Millard. <laughs> Millard. Millard can text me later. So so th- I'm saying if we run the ball, we can score more than 21 points uh, on Saturday against the Thunderbirds. Okay. John Lewis, he's taking the over. Is that what I, is that what I heard? Taking the over? That's, that what that's, I heard? that's what you're taking the over. Okay. Dustin Chapman, what about you? You taking the over under on that one? 21.5 points down in Cedar City on Saturday. We're, we're on the road. So naturally, we're going to double and triple our, our scoring output. So oh, me. fine with yeah, me. Yeah. It's a great like place 60. to do it. I score like 60 because we're on the road. All right. Weird I want you guys to know. Cedar City. Every single time that I drive past the Coliseum, I flip it off. I want you guys to know that every time <laughs> my wife, like, and when I do it, my wife is like, are you serious? I'm like hundred percent serious. I hate the Coliseum. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to be over under. We're going to wrap this one up. Uh, appreciate you guys for talking through it. You know, getting, getting, getting our feelings out there after this, you know, this kind of annoying loss to Portland state who I agree with you guys, we should never be losing anything to. But um, here we are in that situation. So um, pressure's off next season. Wildcats can have a clean slate. Everybody should get healthy and uh, we'll see kind of what happens. But two games remain in the season. And so let's talk about those right now. Like we talked about Saturday, November 13th, Wildcats will be taking the trip down to Cedar City, take on Southern Utah for the last scheduled Beehive Bowl. Uh, we'll see if that changes. Uh, but for right now, this is the last one on the schedule. So that, that game will be at 2 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus or listen to it on 103.1 The Wave. You can also... Just go down there and watch it in person like I would be if I were in Utah and uh, take part in Alumni's tailgate because I got something going on down there and it's a good time. So keep that tailgating tradition going. Show SUU how it's done. Then the final game of the season, Saturday, November 20th. That game will be at Stewart Stadium against Northern Colorado, who has had a rough go of it this season. But that's the way it goes. Welcome to FCS football coach Ed McCaffrey. That game will be at 1 p.m. Uh, also on ESPN Plus or 103 on, on the wave. Um, show up to the tailgate at that one as well. If the uh, if the game's going to be at 1, tailgate's going to be at 11. So get out there, check it out. Chappie's going to be out there trying wings, I think. Is that what I heard? I don't have a recipe for wings. We'll see what we can come up with. <laughs> well, he's going to have to connect I'll with some folks to out there. I'll have to taste tests for you in the, in the interim. I, I, I just want to go over to the, I forget his gentleman's name. I want to go over there and just hang out at his tailgate. It's what I really want to do and just eat wings for a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chappie, one parting thought before we wrap this one up. Yes. Parting thought. Look. Weaver State football fans, talking to you for a minute right now. Come That's back mean. from come back from the ledge. All right. It's a rough season. Like sure is. look, I get it, but how great is it the run we've had? You know? Incredible. Like, it it sucks. It sucks to have a season like this. It sucks to be frustrated. Like we all feel like, you know, you don't want to feel like the window for winning a national title is closing, but man, what a run. So much better than going there and going, I, I literally remember taking my young daughters to a game, exactly enough about seven, eight years ago and watching the town on the field and thinking, 
this is like worse than high school. Like it was so bad, <laughs> so bad. And our teams are good. And, and we, ha- we now as a fan base have expectations. How cool Certainly is that? Not. We have never, we haven't had expectations for a long well, time. I would posit, I would say Chappie that the window is now more open than ever with James Madison going up and not oh, eligible yeah. for, for postseason contention going forward. I think after this season, uh, same as with Sam Houston, um, They'll be going up as well. Uh, NDSU has been a little bit down, uh, losing to South Dakota State on Saturday. And so uh, I would posit that the window... Yeah, they're human. The window is more open than ever next season for the Wildcats to potentially make a run at the national championship. So, just, but I, but I point, I think the point that Chappie's trying to make is enjoy the good times because these are the right. good old days. We're, yes, we're in the yeah. middle of the good old days right now. And we'll be looking back upon these years with fondness and, uh, uh, enjoy yeah, the ride as angry and as frustrated as everybody is right now. Like at least we get to be angry and frustrated. A- apathy is 10 times worse than this. Certainly is. All right, fellas on that note, we are going to wrap it up. If you want to email us, Weber state weekly at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, where it's at patreon.com slash Weber state weekly. If you want to be a part of the game day Slack channel, which is a good time. And then uh, we've got a blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. Also be watching for some content this week. I'm hearing that it will be signing day for the volleyball team on Wednesday. So be watching for a broadcast about that. We're going to be trying to get some of the those folks who will be signing their intent to join Weber State Volleyball, uh, interviewing some of them, in addition to trying to do a, a volleyball show this week. Also, maybe trying to get a soccer interview because uh, we didn't note this here, but Wildcat soccer ended up falling to Montana 1-0 in the Big Sky Championship in Northern Colorado. So we'd like to chat with one of those ladies at least. All right, fellas. Uh, appreciate you all some taking some time to chat through this football. And uh, I'll wrap it up like I usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great. Oh, man, I was on mute. Great. Man, how many weeks in a row are we going <laughs> to screw this up? Yeah, Go we're going to screw this up. Every, every week we screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> Wildcats. Wildcats.